Shut up and sit down. Now you gotta go ahead and drink a whole bottle of sanitizer before you do anything. If I could ride a bike, I'd zoom around the world with you sitting there. Now in isolation, you've got to keep yourself well exercised and mentally stimulated. Oh yeah, feel the burn. You are listening to the Dialed Podcast with Matt Lee Grand, Evan Price, Lance Hepler, and Jake Von Turing. When you come to the end of your rope, tie a knot and hang on. Enjoy episode 111. Now, I'm not going to give you health advice. Don't know anything about stuff like that other than wash your hands and don't cough in people's faces. Wash your hands. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Hi, and welcome back to the Dial Podcast. I am Jake Von Dering, and today I'm here with Lance Hepler. Lance Romance coming at you from my humble Hepler compound. It's called a bunker. The bunker. I, I like the I like the compound. It sounds more impressive than it actually is. The Hepler so compound. It's the com- <laughs> Skyping it in today. So. House House de Hepler, spelled like H A U S. Also coming to us on Skype today, Matt Legrand. What's up, ladies and gentlemen of the internet? You guys are you're there. You're looking like you're, you're present. <laughs> Wait, all accounted for. <laughs> Look a oh, little bushy. It's me right now, Matt. Yeah. I'm I'm assuming that Evan and Jake are there, but that's yeah. a big assumption. Yeah, we're here. Yes, we're here. we are. We are in the studio. <laughs> the mustache is here, and that's what's most important. Yep. Yes. Look at how beautiful. All right, Lance, you're breaking up a little bit. Maybe you can uh, hold that microphone a little bit closer to you so the ladies and gentlemen of the internet can understand you. <laughs> I think it's his mustache that's causing a heavy amount of interference between the internet signal and the microphone. I which think I'm, you're onto something. Which I'm pretty sure is how inter- internet signals work. Is that right, Matt? Does it come out of the microphone? <laughs> Correct. Okay, it comes out of, the, out of the mustache. Into the microphone. It has to cross through a series of tubes. Gotcha. Okay. Direct and, uh, current. That's right? how the internet works. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I thought. Science. And sitting across the table from me today, Evan Price. Today I'm drinking a Red Bull. Lance will appreciate this. Lance, have you tried the peach nectarine flavor yet? No. Oh, you I have really not. should. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure. This is this is delicious, and it even says it vitalizes your body and mind too on the bottom, so you know it's good. <laughs> Yummy. Lance, what are you drinking? I we, we we had a we had a really interesting. Was it Saturday, Lance? I think you quit energy drinks for a grand total of four hours. Which you which you managed yeah. to announce on a group text and then and then immediately after the ride drank a Red Bull. I missed that one. Yeah, I I was yeah I felt I felt really good for about four hours and then I decided to have another one and and then I felt even better. So go figure. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Matt, what are you what are you drinking? I'm drinking one of our sponsors, uh, Finest uh, Lemon Bubbly Waters. This is from LaCroix. Oh, so. yes, yes, our new sponsor. Yes. Newest, our newest sponsor. Uh-huh. Yep. Yes, thank you, LaCroix. It's, uh, 
Zero calories, zero sweetener, zero sodium, zero problems. It doesn't say that on there, but I'm just ad-libbing a little bit. And uh, this is what you want to get yourself. You want to support the podcast, support LaCroix. Yeah, and there's no problems, so, you know, can't go wrong. Zero problems. Right on. Yeah, let's jump into our backpedal. Evan, since you kind of already started to allude to a couple things there, why don't you start us off this week? Uh Oh, I had a super exciting last week. All of my rides were on Zwift, and all of my runs, minus one very short run, was on a treadmill. So I'm fully embracing the indoor training right now, which is just so exciting. But there is um, – every Friday right now, me and Tonk are going to be trying to race together on the Crit City course in Zwift. Any of you Zwift racers out there know that that's a fun course. It's like about 10 miles, about 20, 25-minute effort. And it was fun. I, a couple of my pro triathlete buddies were in that race on Friday, so that was fun to duke it out with them. And uh, I ended up, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll give a short race report. Ooh, am I the only one who raced this week, technically? I count this as a race. Lance, quiet over there. <laughs> I can hear Whatever. Lance rolling his eyes right now at me over, <laughs> over the internet coming out of his mustache. I can hear Lance roll his eyes right now. But... <laughs> <laughs> so the, here's the biggest problem with Swift racing is that making a late move is so hard in those races. Like it is so you got to be putting out something absolutely bonkers to get away from those fields. So, of course, I tried that in the last lap of this course, which would have needed to be like a, some crazy two minute effort. And I held on till probably the last about 400 meters. I got caught and swallowed up by the whole field and Tonk pr- sprinted to a podium finish. So. Tonk shot a solid, solid top end sprint, which is great. Good on you, Tonk. Good Way job, go. Tonk. Yep, I will try and get that breakaway right, but probably won't get it right. We'll continue to try this entire summer. But um, on Saturday, we rode with Lance and Jake joined us and then immediately broke off from the group, broke the rubber band, and went off on their own little time trial for a while. And then we caught back up with them. And did a couple hard efforts up uh, Titans Grove on Zwift, which, Lance, you ended up getting the century, right? Did you make it all the way to the century? I did. I rode 100 freaking miles on Zwift on Saturday or whatever we Absolutely. Day was. It was every and, – and he was holding so, – like, you were putting in some solid efforts up that climb, too. Like, that's – Lance still – somehow his body has retained fitness from even this injury, which is great. So, that was fun well, to see. I'm, I'm not so sure about that, but uh, <laughs> we'll see. Still pretty. I mean, hanging out for a hundred miles on that, and and we were pushing up that that climb each each lap, Lance too. So that was solid. What's funny is, you know, I I, I got on the trainer not really planning to do the whole thing with <laughs> you guys, but having you guys there just kind of prompt. I, I had nothing else to do. I just didn't want to ride for four and a half hours on the trainer. But um, it does somehow make stop. it go quicker, right? When when you're actually with yeah. people, it does make it somehow go faster. I don't know how, but it does. So, Legit, Jake was with us for what three of those hours at least, right? Uh, a little over two. A little yeah, over two. I had okay. <clears throat> I had things going on in the morning, and my wife was wanting to get on to ride beforehand. And yeah, I, long story short, I got on an hour after you guys started, so you guys were already twenty minutes, twenty oh, miles into we, the ride. Okay. So, yeah. um, I almost I only had a little over two hours to ride. So, yep. Yep. Um, but man, you guys kept a pretty brisk pace. We're yeah, I it's indoor training as mind-numbing as it can be. It the the reason I'm truly enjoying it is it really is a good way to really get specific with your training. And as long as 
that's your only goal, which is really my only goal right now, you can really build some good fitness. So, yeah. yeah the average speed for the 50, what well, was 50.19 miles yeah. that I was with you, <laughs> um, was 24 miles an hour. Now, I know that when yeah. you're on Zwift, you're going you're a faster, little bit faster. Yeah. And, yeah, all that other fun stuff. Yeah. But still, if you go but back and no look at free the, pedaling either. That's yeah, exactly. It, so, yeah. There's no mm-hmm. reprieve. Yeah. So, the normalized power and the just the, the, the sheer effort going into that was pretty solid. Yeah. And yeah. every time we get to that Titans road climb or whatever it is, yeah. Evan would just magically float off the front because he's I like super that climb light. a lot. I like that climb yeah. a lot. <laughs> I'm like, I'm putting in more watts and he's still putting time in more watts, still putting more time into me, putting in more watts. I'm like, my God, I'm like 450 watts and he's still rolling away from me. So, I, so talk on that very last climb, Lance. I know when, when we all went all out on that climb, that basically put us right at a hundred miles. It's great. It's great training for Tonk because he's really training for Baker city long-term, which I've never done Baker City, but for those on this call who have that, has that big, big climb at the end of that race, Tonk put out a, a crazy, like, you know, for, for his weight, which is light, like 360, 370 up that climb, which is about a four or five minute climb to end that hundred mile ride. So it was, it was a good flash of fitness from him and Lance is underplaying himself, hung on the entire time for <laughs> more than four hours in the saddle, which... <laughs> coming coming off of a brutal injury so that's that's incredible lance fun Ah, well thanks yeah (laughs) and then sunday to wrap up my back pedal i decided to run 23 miles on the treadmill so that was all the indoor training yep How, how how long was that how much time did that equate to two and a half hours so so you spent about four and a half hours on the trainer on saturday and two and a half hours on a treadmill on sunday yep I think I'd actually rather run for two and a half hours on the treadmill than four and a half hours on the trainer, though. Uh, well, you put those things together, and I think Lance just threw open his mouth a little I bit. I know, yeah. Ugh, it's not fun. I'm, I'm feeling a little sick to my stomach, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, there's my so back. Evan, that was what, kind of 630s? Yep, 630s, and kept the heart rate in like the mid-140s, low-140s the whole time, so... How did the legs feel afterwards? Uh, the legs felt fine. I was even able to get off, ride the bike, do some climbs in the New York Zwift course, and then went outside and did some strides and drills after that just to get some sunshine, and that was it. Nice. Cool. Good. Yep. Lance, you want to backpedal for us? Sure. My, um, I actually had a pretty solid week, even though most of all of it was, um, was inside. Um, I still put in almost 14 hours and 270 miles, so I felt pretty good about how the week kind of came together for me. I did quite a bit of stuff on Trainer Road. I did some stuff on Zwift. I actually failed my first uh, workout on Trainer Road. There was a very hard workout I tried to do on Thursday, and I just blew to pieces halfway through it and had to quit. So that's kind of how that goes, but... Um, believe it or not, um, it's funny that, that four and a half hour ride on Zwift was less training stress than a 50 mile ride I did yesterday on my cross bike. So I can, I can believe that (laughs) it's just, just how much, how much, I guess, how much easier it was just to kind of methodically pedal away for four hours than to go out actually in the real world and, and, you know, make some efforts up some hills and on some gravel roads. So, Oh yeah, that was interesting. Were you following, following a structured program yesterday? No, it was a, uh, 
A little fart like a protest. It was um, yeah, it was uh, the sun is shining and um, I just want to go out and ride a little bit. And, and, you know, I ended up going for three hours and gotcha. 50 miles. And my my road bike is still not uh, put together yet. So I took my cross bike out and did some mixed terrain stuff. Fun. So cool. Right on. How about you, Matt? How was your week? I, I didn't do a ton. Um I rode indoors a couple of times. I rode my rollers once for a little bit. Uh, I Small confession, I suppose. I did go outside. I know we're not really supposed to bike outside, but I went outside um, twice on the bike, uh, which was really nice. One, I went with my oldest kid, and then we rode around, and he got a flat tire which I didn't have a 24-inch tube for him to replace. You know, like, I wasn't carrying one. Um, and so I uh, had to have the wife come pick him up. So, Uh-oh, SAG support to the rescue. SAG, SAG wagon. Yep. Um, and then uh, I've just been trying to stay close to home. And so I've been doing, like, just up and down our Lacamas Lane uh, climb just because it's – literally a stone's throw away from my house and I can just go up and down and I don't know. I don't remember what I got yesterday. Like, I don't know, somewhere between like two or 3000 feet of climbing Good in like an, an hour. Right. Cause it's just like, it's just climbing. Um, so it's boring, but, uh, it's something and it was sunny. And so I think that's, you know, the same thing as Lance, right? Like sun's out, even Evan, right? Like you were like, sun's out. I need to go do something outside and exactly uh, right now biking is kind of what I can do. So, um, Achilles has been bugging me a little bit. Yeah. It's been bugging me a little bit. I still have my shoes cut. I have the heel cut off my shoes, Mm -hmm. which is a little bit weird. Uh, but whatever it's, I'm still able to climb. So were you using those shoes outside? Yep. Wow. (laughs) I know. Right. Like my foot like slips out or whatever. And, uh, but whatever, it's fine. Uh, it's something. It's something to do. Makes for so a quick transition, good. huh? Yeah, your your transition times would be just absolutely flawless right now, Matt. I I don't. <laughs> I'm not sure if getting my shoes off is is the uh, hiccup with my transition times. Don't you just but, usually kind of just like you just you just take too much time in transition in general, right? Yeah. Isn't isn't that kind usually of your mo? <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I usually get. I'm trying to think of what takes me so long in the transition, but there's there's something in there, right? Where it's like from the swim to the bike or whatever, where I'm like not rushing. So it's, you know, it's not the uh, bike to run split, but who knows? Yeah. Cut off a couple seconds. Hey, cut off the heel of your shoe. Slip the shoe on. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Right on. Uh, Real quick. Mine was a bunch of Zwift like everybody else. It's mm-hmm. funny logging on a Zwift on like that There's Saturday. There's so many people on that it right Saturday now. <laughs> ride. Just in Watopia, there was like eleven or twelve thousand people yeah. riding in there. There's the, so the, many people. And that's not the other world. And they're yeah. they're actually rotating two other worlds now. Like so, you yeah. always yeah. get Watopia, then you get your choice between two other worlds now. And yeah. I don't know if that's just to accommodate more people or just to give Probably, more options in yeah. general. But getting the KOM is getting really hard too. Like oh my gosh, the with with when it was like two three thousand people, yeah. Cam was always a reasonable mark. Now you got that one person that's like definitely weight doping, and yeah. they're just way way out there weight with the doping time. on an e bike yeah 
So, um, and then yesterday I snuck outside too. That was my first ride outside in two weeks. I just, I had to get outside, even though my shoulder was still bugging me. And Matt actually invited me to go with him, but right now I kind of need to steer away from the climbing because getting out of the saddle and right. back and forth. You're like, <laughs> climb up and down Lackmas Lane for climb. over an hour? Yeah, I'll <laughs> No, no, that sounds great. <laughs> so I jumped on the gravel bike and just kind of took it easy and went out to the dike and just tried to hold some steady watts. And it was a, a beautiful day. Mm-hmm. I'm just amazed though every time i go down to the dike and i was talking with a friend of ours um earlier today and randy frost who was making the same comment when you go down to the dike right now it's just packed with people it's and it's been more packed in the last three weeks or four Mm -hmm. weeks i've been down there like two or three times there's like a whole group of people that just found out what walking outside is which is awesome i'm like i'm yeah it's great i mean but yeah it's it's just people kind of respect the distance that's the problem but they're not Doing, I mean, granted, I, I guess if you're going down there, you're probably with people that you live with, so you, yeah. you can be close to them anyway. But still, they're not really respecting the whole social distancing thing. Like you yeah. ride by them, and they're not giving you any. Like you're, I'm having to like almost ride off the the, um, the yeah. gravel road just to get around them, even though the the bell's being rung and I'm saying rider back coming up on your left. They still just like yeah. kind of give you the evil eye and it's like, come on, people. Yeah. So you're trying trying to trying to not breathe on you as best we can. But yeah, they're just all out there talking to each other too on the trail. I'm like this just kind of isn't what you're supposed to be doing no. right now no anyway that's we'll get there neither here nor there yeah but it was a beautiful day on the ride got to mm-hmm. see there's a lot of people out there too like it's i was on the warm. ride and I, I ran into four different people who i knew um mm-hmm. and, and you know stopped and chatted with them at a uh, pleasant distance and said hi mm-hmm. and then i finished the ride yesterday with um, my wife and two of my kids and we oh, did good. some did some little trail riding back there and they all had a blast my young, my it was, it was my younger two who went out there. Uh-huh. My son and my youngest daughter. Oh my gosh, they are tearing it up on the bike. Yeah. Oh, I, like yeah. they're, like they're attacking like roots and they're going over little rock drops and and just like, it's like where did you guys come from? You're like totally different little riders. Now I know that they do a lot of riding in our cul-de-sac, but they don't uh-huh. have that kind of stuff. But they have been practicing I, and I go out there and watch it's pretty funny and I give mm-hmm. some little tips but like jumping up and down the curb so That's going awesome. down going down is a piece of cake but going up of it like having to like lift the tire and then pull up the back tire and whatnot that's been paying off for them and they were ripping it up They're yesterday. Some mountain bike so, control. You know, Palmer that. Passage. They went flying through there yesterday. Yeah. And my wife's going to kill me for saying this, but they smoked her. <laughs> they rode away from her. So, so that's like know. a proud parent moment, though, isn't yeah. it? When your kid's smoking you in any aerobic event. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's jump into this. Some interesting stuff. Champ Bailey, you author, bud? Champ Bailey here. There has been some events that went down this week. Give um, us some lead out the news, first. Bud. I do have some news for you. Uh, the first being the virtual tour of Flanders. Yes. So this was a um, an e race uh, put on by on on the Be Cool um, Foundation. It's it's something similar to Zwift or to I I don't know what the Be Cool is, but um, they actually set up a race for the last like forty five kilometers of. 30, the tour of Flanders. 30 kilometers of Flanders. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. They had invited 13 riders, all pro riders, to come be a part of it, like uh, Remco Evenpool and Wout Van Aert and Michael Matthews, Greg Van Avermaet, Thomas de Ghent, last year's winner, Alberto Bediol. They had a whole bunch of big riders. And um, it was as 
exciting as you expect a virtual race to be, <laughs> if you're asking me. <laughs> now, granted, it was fun to they they live streamed it, so you could see the virtual race going on. But but all the writers had a camera on them where they were live streaming, you know, what they were doing. So it was interesting to see how all the riders, you know, what their setups were like. And um, but you know. It ended up being won by Greg Van Avermaet. Um, he held almost 435 watts for 40 minutes. Ouch. So, which is, yeah, which is pretty impressive. That's about for Greg. That's about six uh, six watts per kilogram he held for the 40 minutes. Um, and so, yeah, that was interesting. So that was kind of fun to watch a virtual race so mm-hmm. now, what i don't go ahead go ahead i was gonna say how did no you go ahead how do they standardize that did everybody have to be on the same kind of trainer or were they was this everything is, calibrated the same this is the thing is i saw a bunch of the guys were on tax trainers okay um i don't think they were all on tax trainers though okay um so you know this is this no was clue. kind of yeah this this was kind of the issue now they had official weigh-ins um Iron Man had a similar uh, similar virtual event, but apparently I do not believe the Iron Man event had virtual weigh-ins. Now I could be wrong there, so they're all using these different platforms. Sure. Um, as Jake and I were talking before this, Lance, I'm not sure if you agree. I really think Swift has the best racing engine, in the sense of how the race dynamics work. The the Be Cool engine with only 13 guys in the race, it was it was basically just individual time trials for everybody. There there were kind of groups. Wait now, wait, Evan. Yeah. That's basically what any Zwift race is too. They're all basically individual time trials. No, There's not can, a whole lot of you. You can you can really hang there. in in Zwift. Really, you you, you can yeah. hang. Now, granted, it's not like, I mean, if if you're in a group that's putting out five watts per kilo, you better be putting out more than four watts per kilo to stay in that group. Yeah. But but I well, feel like the Be well, Cool engine looked a little bit different just because there was easier separations between everybody. Yeah. Well, the, I think the reason they went with the Be Cool is because they actually did the actual course of Flanders. Yeah, they yeah, could they build that world Which was and cool. build that course, and, and then they could do that. Obviously, it's not as big of a platform as Swift is, but it was interesting yeah. for them to be able to do that. And either what, what I don't. Either, either way, it was what? just, I mean, incre- like GVA's effort was incredible. Like, that's. Of course. I mean, it, it's a bummer for him showing that. I mean, you know, Greg, Greg is not young anymore, so this this may have been his last great, you know, spring, you know, classics. I hope I'm wrong there, but it's just a shame for him that that's that's kind of how this will be remembered. Is is GVA put out one heck of a virtual effort, and that, and that's it. There was uh, one issue was uh, with I don't know like 10k to go. Michael Matthews' little avatar just stopped dead in the water. <laughs> yes, and. <laughs> It made it made you wonder if uh, his Wi-Fi signal went out because his daughter jumped on Netflix in the other room. But actually, what um, <laughs> he, he actually had uh, found out, uh, he, he actually had his bike got stuck in the eleven cog, and he couldn't get it out of the eleven cog, and so he actually had a mechanical. He had a mechanical, yeah, virtual mechanical. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. Or actually, that's mechanical, a, that's so a mechanical, mechanical, like an actual mechanical. <laughs> so now for Zwift racing, apparently you need to have a mechanic uh, nearby you do. to fix your bike as well. Well, I loved the – okay, really, the, the unsung hero of that race was the commentary. 
the the guy commentating was absolutely hysterical, and he was even saying that he was like, "Oh, and it looks like Michael Matthews is waiting for the support vehicle. He must have a flat." (laughs) (laughs) You know, I I think these these kind of races are certainly fun to be a part of and to watch, and it gives us some kind of racing, you know, while we have nothing right now. Yeah, but I I just don't like that there's there's no there's no race craft involved you're just mashing the pedals that's all you're doing yeah. you can't you're you're not you're not gauging other people's efforts you can't see who is suffering you can't see who holds their line well you can't see there's no race craft it's just mash the pedals yeah. so that's that's my only personal gripe with it which is why i always poo poo zwift stuff and zwift racing stuff i don't hey, know, you know i i i'll i'll play devil's i'll i'll play the matt legrand here and say you know i think a lot of people in the triathlon world were really criticizing how lionel sanders for example i was going to talk about lionel here in a second with him being purely an indoor rider um I mean, people can criticize that all they want, but I've heard writers who are, you know, from the likes of like Eric Lagerstrom, who has even said he started to utilize a lot of this indoor racing and training because he was getting tired of having Lionel blow by him. And I mean, cycling is a craft, but still at the end of the day, if you're at the end of a race with 40K left and you're at a 1% gradient, the guy who has the better power profile is going to pull away. So I think, you know, I mean... I I think when you look at that, it's still a good guesstimation of who is strong right now. And that's, you know, Evan Pohl looked awesome in that race. GVA was great. Thomas DeGent shows that he has just incredible top end power. And, you know, I don't think that's that's any different um, once they get on the road. I think I think that obviously there's there's a ton of other factors that go on the road, but those are all proven racers. Funny, uh, funny note with Tom. He had done a uh, race on Zwift earlier in the week, and he was flagged for having too much power. Yeah, so doesn't surprise me. I don't know <laughs> if you saw that. In, That's funny. In the Zwift, in the Zwift racing world, if you if you average for the whole race more than five watts per kilogram, you're kind of automatically flagged because they don't really think that's and they have to look at it before. Yeah, y- yeah, and so. He was kicked out of the race for <laughs> averaging over five watts per kilogram for the whole race. So, which, which for him yeah. is actually just like tempo riding at that point. His his watts per kilo, I'm sure, is six. Like yeah. he's he's got to be close. Yeah. Um. In other news, um, are, are we done with that? Please say we're done. Oh with no that. no no no. I have I have one very quickly that we will talk about because Matt, I know that I texted you this, but I'm not sure if you got a chance to watch it. In the Zwift world, they also did a Ronda, Ronda Zwift. Yep. They're basically trying to do like a classics version in Zwift too. And the difference is in Zwift, there are literally professional indoor specialists is what they call them. And some of these guys are absolutely ridiculously strong, but come from, I think one of them on the Canyon team is actually a professional cyclocross rider, if I'm right. And the Alpacine team joined this race. So Matthew Vanderpool, who's sponsored by Zwift, was in this race. Also, Lionel Sanders was in this race. So you got from our, our legend in the tri-world versus, you know, our, arguably the, the best cyclist in the world right now. Um, I don't think Matthew Vanderpool really knows how to race indoors because once the first move went, he basically got spit right out the back. And the race came down to on the last lap, um, which if anybody here has ridden the Richmond course, it has a, um, just a, a two really steep climbs right in the middle of it. 
um, Lionel Sanders broke away and maintained uh, his lead all the way to the end, putting out over 400 watts for the 35-minute race, which for him, he's 72 kilos, I think. So he was very close to that that GVA power profile there, which is just pretty incredible. Yeah, that's interesting. Once again, <laughs> a, a guy like... A guy like Matthew Vanderpool gets dropped right at the beginning because there's no racecraft. It's just mash the pedals, but I get it. Yeah. Hey, it's better than nothing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah, that's that's hey, for sure. Hey, Absolutely. if you're if you're a paid professional cyclist right now and you don't want to stay in shape and keep your power profile high right now, I think you should get embarrassed online. And that's I think Matthew Vanderpool's in incredible <laughs> shape. And probably after two races he'll figure it out and blow up and win every single race he does, but I mean, you, you look at this is the same thing with when I look at like the NFL and NBA, these guys are still getting contracts right now. Like you better stay in some good shape. And if they want to switch everything to virtual racing, I, I say more for it. I think it's awesome. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Do they have more races scheduled for? That's a good question. I'm not positive. Yeah. I was, I was trying to look at the no. schedule from be cool, but I'm not sure. Interesting. I don't know either. Yeah. yeah. I still have never done a online virtual race. Really? None. No. Oh God, you should jump in. They're no. fun. Yeah. Just workouts, rides, and watching YouTube. <laughs> it's the only thing that keeps me motivated each week. Now I, I get tired of the workouts personally, yeah. but yeah, I'll have to join one yeah. of these one of these days. So they're fun. What else you got, Lance? Um, Dirty Kanza announced a postponed date for their uh, 200 mile gravel race. Yep. They moved it to September 12th. So we're hoping that we will be back to racing by September, and so they have moved their race there. This. This is, and I think this is this kind of highlights what kind of issues we're going to deal with this fall if a lot of these races get postponed into the fall. Um, now, Dirty Kansas is only a week after another big gravel race. Uh, Rebecca's Private Idaho will be the same weekend before that, and it'll be the same day as Grind Duro, which is a very popular gravel race in Northern California. So, it. This, this is kind of what we're going to deal with with the, yep. a condensed race schedule in the end of summer and fall if we're back to racing by would that you, point. Would you plan on going to Idaho again, Lance? Um, I, I was not planning to go again this year. It Actually, the race sold out very quickly, and I didn't actually get in um, because I'm trying to focus on my cross season, ah, which yes. starts that weekend. The 900-day yeah. training plan. I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Lance, how are you? Are you feeling a little more confident? I mean, I, you've had like really only a week or two of training since coming back from this injury. Do you feel like you might be OK or are you starting to get any hints of that? Um, yeah, that's a good question. I, I do feel like um, I'm going to be OK. I can definitely tell that I lost some fitness and I yeah. just feel flabby and 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 soft <laughs> but um i i feel like when i'm on the bike I, I can um i can push some watts for a few hours and be okay it's funny i i can ride and not feel any pain or any discomfort and then i get off the bike and i like limp around <laughs> a little bit for a couple hours it's like i can't i can't walk very well but i can run I mean, I can ride just fine. So, so I don't know. We'll have to see what happens with the cyclocross season this year. Okay. So that's a good question. Um, two other things I wanted to talk about. Um, 
there was a healthcare worker who had locked his bike out um, outside his hospital when he was doing his shift and his bike was stolen. And he Jeez. mentioned he 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 posted on Twitter that he, you know, hey, hope you uh, enjoy the bike while I was, you know, inside trying to save your friends, whatever. And uh, cyclist uh, Luke Rowe contacted him and gave him uh, a bike. Oh, oh that's bike. awesome. Yeah. So uh, Luke yeah. Rowe's an awesome guy. That Have was you, kind of a cool story. He's got a couple. Luke Rowe's got a really uh, cool couple of YouTube videos up that talk about him. He's a really, really cool guy. That's awesome to hear. Yeah. And in our last bit of racing news, after 14 stages of the Tour de Quarantine, the winner was the, quote, very, very cute dog. Uh, he won just ahead of the lady on e-bike and the guy in orange. So um, <laughs> if you uh, if, if, if you didn't see any of these YouTube videos that were produced by uh, Brad Soner, uh, they were hilarious. They were all little uh, racing um, parodies of, um, of people riding their bikes around uh, around Pittsburgh next to uh, PNC Park down on the waterfront. It was so hilarious. This guy, Brad, Brad Soner, is, uh, he's actually a professional cycling race commentator based in Pittsburgh. He's called the Tour of Utah before. He's called uh, several races before, and he made the he did 14 stages of this Tour de Quarantine, which were hilarious. If you uh, haven't seen them, go to YouTube, put in Tour de Quarantine. You will not be disappointed. The videos are only two minutes long, and they're they're hilarious. Have you guys seen any of those? No, I saw I have, the. I have not. There's been one that's been making all, all the headlines. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're hilarious. He makes fun of lots of just fantastic things. Everything about bike racing, he's making fun of, and it they're not disappointed. They're fun. So, gotcha. Champ Bailey out. <laughs> Thank you, Champ. We appreciate that. Hey, uh, real quick before we jump into our topic for the day, um, just wanted to kind of follow up on our Patreon account that we launched mm -hmm. last week, which um, we've got a couple Patreons. So we've got a couple uh, show supporters. Woo! And I just wanted Fantastic. to give a, a personal shout out and thank you to the Wick family. They are um, Patreons now of ours. And Laura Anderson, who is uh, another listener of the podcast. And I just wanted to say thank you to them. And anybody who is interested in help support this, uh, this little podcast so that we can continue to, to bring it to you on a weekly basis and kind of spread our wings a little bit more and get a, a bigger, wider reach out there, um, check out the link. And we'll post it up again on our uh, Facebook page. And you can get in there and check out the, the Patreon page that we have set up. There's four different options for, um, I guess there's two of them there for people that are, you know, just listeners. And then there's two there that are for show sponsors. But anybody can do any one of the four. So um, all the different tiers are explained and you get a couple of the little benefits and perks from those. Um, some pretty cool stuff, though. So just wanted to say thank you to them. That's fantastic. <laughs> Thank you. I feel like we need to bring a few of them on here. They're probably much more interesting. Well, I know that all of them are much more interesting than us. So. <laughs> right on. Cool. How about it, guys? You ready? It's the oh, hot seat. Hot seat's back. I got hot a working seat. effect there. That, that's hot just, seat. 
something. That's just not very good. <laughs> so let's do the hot seat. It's uh, that time of the month. And uh, anybody want to go first? Any uh, any takers? I'll go. Lance, go, go. Lance. All right. So if we do manage to venture outside our Zwift caves and ride outside during this time, should you wear a mask while riding Dang it, outside? Lance. That was on my list. <laughs> that was my entire up, list. Lance. Dang it. <laughs> it was like the most topical one for us to talk about I, that I just came across. So okay. what do you guys think about this? Uh, me personally, it's a pass. I all I say yes only because the CDC is now suggesting that we wear masks. Um, I have some friends and people I know that are making their own masks, so I would suggest if you have people that are making their own masks, try to get them from them instead of going online and trying to hoard or buy a bunch that could be going to medical suppliers right now. But yeah, that's my personal opinion, personal take on that. What about you, Matt? I'd say. Uh, I feel like a mask definitely belongs in like, you know, if you're going to go to the grocery store or something like that. Um, if you even have like a tickle in your throat, then absolutely seems like that would be super like you have a tickle in your throat and you're like, I still want to go ride. Then just throw throw the bandana on or something along those lines. Um, one of the, the like images that I saw was basically um, the way that if you're coughing or, or anything like that or even just breathing while on the bike. It's basically this kind of like cone disbursement of um, your own personal recycled air, you know, back behind you. And it goes back quite a bit further than six feet because you're moving forward quickly. And that kind of uh, air or tainted air, you know, has a little bit larger volume of space spread. So if you were to wear like a bandana or a mask or something like that, uh, that should keep a lot of those particulates out of the air. So I think that's something for all of us to consider. Uh, again, for me personally, if if I wake up and I feel really good, I don't have a temperature or anything like that, um, I'll probably only use the mask, you know, potentially if I'm like going to the grocery store or something like that. I did bike yesterday. I did not wear a mask. So I don't know. I, I'm kind of on the fence. How's that sound? I think, yeah. I mean, that's, I, I think kind of everybody's take now is, yeah, it's just, I, I think if you're in a high volume indoor place, it makes sense. Um, my, my, my only, you know, worry is, is with that, that CDC, um, announcement or suggestion, or I'm not even sure how to classify it from them. Um, I hope that that yeah. doesn't cause a lot of hoarding from materials that oh. could be going to the hospitals because, you know, and I know Matt, you have, right. You know, obviously, Kristen, I'm sure, can speak to this much more specifically. But at least yeah. in this area, I think I think we're pretty low on PPEs now. So I yeah. would hope that that's not taking from the hospitals right now. Well, I, yeah. I, don't, I don't. I think they're expecting people to be wearing, you know, bandanas or scarves or handkerchiefs yeah. or homemade masks, not actual, you know, uh, you know masks that could be used as PPEs in a hospital setting. So yeah, but I, but, I, but I was just think. at Safeway and most everybody was wearing medical masks. They they did not look homemade. I think I saw one that looked homemade and that was it. I was the same thing at Costco this weekend with yeah, my wife. Everybody was medical wearing masks. medical masks. And there's a, quite a few people that were wearing the M95s. Yeah, I saw quite a few of those so, too in Safeway. And it actually upset my wife a little bit. She's like, why would these people have those masks? Why wouldn't they like, like 
not buy those, use something different, turn those over to the medical people that need those things right now. Um, I don't know. It is what it is. You you can't tell somebody, and you don't know everybody's story too. If somebody's got some sort of compromised immune system or they're asthmatic or whatever, maybe they need them for some reason. That makes sense. Yeah. I can tell you that the physicians and doctors are recycling masks already, and it's kind of, kind of, it's kind of a gross situation. So, it's not good. I know. I'm not I'm very scared for them. Yeah, but to answer, to basically go back and say, I, I'm not going to wear one. Um, I, I go in the same breath as Matt. It's like if I've got some sort of an issue, like if I've got a tickle in the throat, or if I got a runny nose, or something's a little bit askew, and I still want to go out for a ride. Yeah, I'd probably throw on a neck buff and I would put it over my face. Um, and like I mentioned yesterday when I rode down to the Washougal Dyke, uh, there was a lot of people down there. So if I have an issue, I'm probably not going to want to be around those people or su- subjecting them to what I have going on. So I'm not trying to be a complete ass here, but um, I just I'm not going to wear one unless I think that it's a, a problem. But then again, I don't know if I'm, you know, if I, I don't know, maybe I should. Maybe, maybe you guys can talk some sense to me because you don't know if you have it sometimes. So. I also think I, it's maybe like where you ride also. I mean, yeah. if you're, you know, going to be by yourself out on some country roads versus if we're going to maybe go for a spin down through Portland. Yeah. Uh, I feel like those are different scenarios and we might kind of weigh them differently and be like, you know what, we're going to be exposing ourselves through more people because of this ride. We should take extra precautions, you know, sure. versus on my ride yesterday. I did not see a lot of people. No, so. I was going to say, yeah, Matt, you were, I mean, it's, it's the same idea. If you're going through like the Washougal Hills right now and doing repeats on a hill out there, you may see yeah. one other cyclist right now. Like you could probably pull right. the mask down and be okay. Now, obviously if you see if you're riding and passing a family of six walking on the side of the road, you know, pull it up, I guess. But yeah. Yeah. That's the great thing about a bandana. It could be quick to yep. slip, slip up, up and down. down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the, that's, that's why I, I mean, I think I personally would recommend having a neck gaiter and keeping it on if you're riding outside and if you come to a trailhead area and there's people out and about you just this this is not about this is this is about their safety not so much about yours if you potentially are a carrier you don't want to be breathing heavy and spreading things to other people that you may not even know you have so to pull that neck gaiter up while you go through a trailhead area or just like Jake, I rode down the Washougal Dyke yesterday as well, and same thing. There were there were a dozen times I pulled up that neck gaiter just because there were so many people around, and it just I didn't want it to make other people uncomfortable. So, you know, one of the things I did was try to pass them at mock speed so they didn't know I was coming. <laughs> so it narrows the count of breath. Yes. <laughs> yes. Or the other, you know, I hold your a, breath the entire time. I am a well, I'm just a, a mucusy, sweaty mess of you a guy a when I <laughs> you uh, are writing, <laughs> and I I don't need I you know I gotta find a, a blank spot in the world to spew my bodily fluids. That sounded terrible. Matt, but that's the Matt. Way it did goes. you yep. did you see the diagram of like they 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 were kind of going through the the air dynamics of how like your breathing spreads on a bike? I feel like you yeah. me and Jake is like an appropriate cone. It like, you know, comes out six to eight feet and then funnels behind you and stays yep. there for a second. Lance's is twenty to thirty feet of spray. Oh, yeah. And then it goes up in the clouds and <laughs> rains back down on everybody in a mile radius, I think. I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty sure, yeah. It's like uh some sort of nuclear holocaust situation. I think so. Yeah, it's like 
radiation poisoning mm -hmm. that, that kills for days, yes. Everybody in a 120-mile radius could be affected by Lance's nasal spray. <laughs> you know, on, on, this, on this same note, like, mountain biking has practically been canceled because most of the trails or trail systems around here, the, the parking lots have been shut down. The trails have, like, yellow tape up saying please don't ride here please don't duck the tape even though there may not be anybody else out there but but uh it's it's another thing they've they've tried to stop these congregation points that happen you know we have a very popular spot in um in, in portland here called sandy ridge and the parking lot's been shut down and they've trying to keep people out of there in hood river oregon there's a very popular um, mountain biking spot called uh post canyon and that they didn't shut the trails down because they said if you live close enough to ride here, you can ride the trails because people will be stayed, you know, apart. But what happened? Everybody still went. So they finally had to shut the trails down to everybody. And so I'd hate for what, you know, what happened in Italy where they shut down all outdoor cycling, you could actually get cited by the police if yep. they caught you on your bike more riding than 2K. outside it was more than 2k yeah. away from your home yeah and they were using strava so, actually to track that right yeah. so um, we don't want that to happen here so if if one way to make that safer is me to have a neck gaiter around my neck and pull it up i'm next to anybody if i do manage to ride outside which i only did once last week even though the weather was not bad then I'm going to wear the neck gaiter and try to be safe. So that's what I think. Yeah. Or Lance, you could become an indoor specialist. You can get sponsored for that, you know? And then we can watch you yeah. racing on Zwift every week. And I'd be so happy. I'd be like, there's Lance. I know Lance. He used to talk this down. <laughs> this is, this is going to be like that. What was the, I feel like Lance has talked down certain things and then just gotten really good at them randomly. It's like, he'll be the devil's advocate for something and then good at it and then move on to something else. I feel like this is the next thing. Like, cyclocross is horrible. Yeah. I'm just going to go. Gra gonna gravel go racing is for the birds. <laughs> I, I will have to admit, I, I did go for a swim this afternoon before we uh, started posting. Seriously? This. Yeah. What? Yeah. So what? I do have a backyard pool. Yeah. I have a backyard pool. And Wait a um, minute. Hold on. All... Wait, you have a backyard pool? I do. I have a pool in my backyard, and it's almost, uh, I believe, five meters in length. <laughs> and I made, I did, I did, uh, I did two lengths of it today before I uh, got on the call here. So I swam ten meters. I want you guys to know, so you should be proud of me. Okay, Lance. That's more than Evan and I combined for the week. Lance, I have Lance. <laughs> That's right. I have an I have an offer from me and Matt. Matt, would you want to set up a video where we try to do Evan. a tether system? We, Heather cord. Lance, could could we pay you a weekly full pool fee, me and Matt, to try and set yeah, up a tether $1, system? No, thousand dollars a person per week, and it's all yours. Deal, you deal, <laughs> Matt. I'm in. You know what? You, you want to split you know that cost? You know what kills me, You know what kills me is that that endless pool that you just filled in that you had. That that drives me crazy. That does drive me a little bit crazy. But Matt, if we could come up with a tether I, system, I I'd be all for pool. this. Oh yeah. I have some good tether cord ideas, so it's possible. Oh, that sounds like a YouTube video to me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Good question. I like that. Um, Matt, what was your question? 
mine was masks, but I'm gonna <laughs> come up with a. I'm gonna adjust on the fly here. Hot seat. Um, in a hot seat. Yep. Hot seat. It's gonna be extra hot. Uh, this is kind of a two-parter. Should we be riding outside at all? First part of the question. Second part: group rides. Yes or no? At this point, you know, with the quarantine going on, I mean, I, I, I recognize that people might listen to this podcast a year from now and be very confused. <laughs> like, no, group rides are a great idea. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But my question is, within the quarantine situation that we find ourselves right now, group rides, should we consider them? Should we do them? How small a group? If I hit up Jake on a Sunday afternoon and say, do you want to go for a little spin? Is that crossing the line? And and now that Jake has a cough, I say yes. That's Lance. Lance. Yes, That's that Lance. Lance. Oh. <laughs> Lance, let's That's let's group ride, buddy. I'm not going anywhere again. Lance, Lance are, canceled. Lance, are you choking on the food that you just ate? <laughs> I could hear you eating. <laughs> I must have been. Yeah. COVID. Seriously. All right. So Come just on, to repeat Lance. my question, two part question: yep. Should we be riding outside? Yep. One, it is legal where we are, and I know that a lot of people listen to us in different parts of the world. And some parts are just like, no, it is not legal right now during this mm-hmm. current situation to ride outside. Here, it is legal. We're allowed to ride outside. Uh, part of that, group rides. What do you guys think? Um, I'll go first, if you don't mind. I think, for me, yep. I, I think it's perfectly fine to ride outside. And to a certain point, um, I think we can do that. Now, we need to pay attention. If things in the hospitals start to get a little bit more dire, um, I've, I was talking with uh, old Dr. Chris Handel earlier in the mm-hmm. week when we were doing our team uh, Zwift ride on Tuesday, and he was telling me that the the patient numbers in the hospitals in the urgent cares are down by like twenty yep. to thirty percent right now. So they're not dealing with that right now. I mean, there are definitely COVID cases out there, and mm-hmm. they're just not rampant here in Clark County where we live. Um, I, I think the last estimate that we saw like two days ago was like 150 people with uh, that were COVID positive. I think I think it was around 200 the last numbers I saw, and okay, I'm sure so, it's a little bit more than that. And, but yeah, yeah and so, obviously there's going to be ballpark. more people that are going to be positive, but those people are they're at home. So yeah. I think it's fine to go right outside. But once we get to a, a like a tipping point or where they start to see people coming in on a more frequent basis and more beds needing to be allocated for those people, um, I'm gonna just go 100% indoors. I will just basically yeah. be done with outdoors. I will not put myself in harm's way because I don't want to take a bed from somebody else. And I personally don't want to be in the hospital surrounded by people that potentially could have you know the the virus and not going to go there. So that that's my thing. Now to answer the second part of the question, should we be doing group rides? I don't think that's a good idea. Um, I, I don't think it's a problem if it were just myself and Matt because it's very easy for us to keep our distance. Um, I, but that's tough. I mean, that's, that's almost kind of a coin toss. It's like, yeah, I want to go ride with Matt. You know, I want to see my friends. And it was yep. fun for me yesterday to see four different friends out on the trail and, you know, stopped and chatted with them and, and all that other fun stuff. And, you know, it, we, we need people to be around us. We're social beings and already being cooped up in the house as it is is really tough so to be able to go outside and ride with matt would be great but if you know based on the stuff that you guys were talking about earlier in terms of like particle displacement and and you know this cone of like <laughs> destruction that will follow in your your wake you know that's if, just in lance's case you know <laughs> <laughs> if if one of us is sick i don't want it, i don't want it to to get into a situation you know we're uh, we're going to infect somebody else and then ultimately just continue to infect even more and more people um God, I don't know. That that part is tough. The first part is pretty clear for me. The second part, I don't know. I would, uh, I don't know. I guess I'd like to hear what you guys have to say. 
I'm on the fence. I'll say I this is this is the, the, the thing when, when we're having these these conversations right now is I think it's I'm I'm seeing a lot of really, really aggressive people on social media. We all are, which is I mean, maybe it's just because I'm like now just tuning into social media for like the first time in my life this last year. So I'm just now realizing like, wow, there's some really mean people in the world. But hey, we're gonna get over this just in time to jump into 100 politics. I usually, should be fantastic. Usually, usually I just ignored those people, but now it's like they're they're very much in your face. And I I think it's just understanding that. So for for me, I'm going to train almost exclusively indoors, um, just for the sake of vitamin D. I'm gonna get outside every once in a while, and I will probably be solo at most. I probably do a part of a ride with somebody, and I'm gonna ride with a mask. But all my almost all of my running is going to be indoor. If I go open water swimming, it's just going to be with Cassie, who we spend a lot of time together anyway. So there's not, you know, it's it's not like it's going to be me and somebody I, I haven't been around a bunch. Um, but I think it's it's important too to realize that not everybody is as good. Like I'm by nature an introvert, so for my health, I'm okay with this situation for the most part. And I also understand I'm a medical professional, so I need to not be in groups right now. But I, I think we also have to realize the importance of mental health during this. And I don't think it's evil or you're trying to disrespect the CDC's, you know, re- requirements. If you're somebody who's like, I want to go ride with two of my friends because I've been cooped up and I am not feeling good right now. Like I need to go outside. I need to get some sunshine and I need to see people. And I don't think that's an evil thing. Would it be what I do right now? No, but I'm not going to sit here and sit there and say that's wrong and you're bad and this and that because we don't know if that's wrong or bad at this moment we we don't live in a high you know we're not in new york city right now if we were in new york city i think it'd be a little bit different if we were in italy right now it'd be a little different but that's just you know what one person's opinion i could be completely wrong but i think uh i think for me um Especially here, here in the Portland area, we've got a week of beautiful weather coming up, and so there is going to be a lot more people outside um, during this time. Do I think it's safe to ride outside right now? Uh, yeah, I do. If you're alone, mm-hmm. I think if you're alone or you're with your or with your like or with Brandy uh, yeah. or with your partner mm-hmm. like uh, like Brandy and I have ridden together a couple of times because we are living in the same house together and what she's got I've got so um we you know for us to go ride together is no big deal but if you're riding outside please don't take any other unnecessary risks don't bomb the downhill don't take a risky jump on a mountain bike don't you should just be more careful to keep yourself out of the hospital you don't want that to happen so uh i I think yes it's okay to ride outside as long as you're alone and that you're not taking any extraordinary risks and you stay away from where people congregate um naturally like the waterfront downtown Portland, like, uh, you, you know, trailheads where you think people might be. Uh, we just we just don't need to mix right now until we get through this mess. So I think that makes it obvious as to what what I would think about a group ride, which is absolutely not. We should not be doing that at all, I, even though I'm sure it is 
you can safely ride with somebody else by staying six or 12 or 20 or 30 feet away from somebody else. But, um, man, I, this is just not the time to do that. I think you ride alone or with your housemates. That's it. Matt? I think those are good, I think those are good recommendations. All in all. Yep. I agree. And, and I mean, the thing is, is like we all talked about, we could have very different answers in two weeks from now. We could all be sitting here being like breathing inside your house is very dangerous for two weeks from now. So we'll, we'll just have to track as this goes and adapt as it goes. Yep. Good question, Matt. Did you uh, want to give us your two cents on that? I'm curious to see. I, I kind of agree with what our consensus is. And I definitely think that we touched on this, but this is, you know, our thoughts in Southwest Washington. Yep. We're not in New York City because our recommendations might be way more conservative. Um, But I, you know, my gut feeling is like, weather's great. I'm going out. Send a text to my buddy. I want to, you know, just to let him know, like, I'm going to be out, whatever. Like, but I think it's probably good to kind of, resist that urge to send that text message and just go ride by myself and do you know go somewhere where i don't think i'll see a lot of traffic and Mm -hmm. if there is spots where there's potential traffic that it might be smart to have that buff you know there just in case good call yep Yep. i agree matt yep evan got a hot seat question for us yeah yeah i've got a hot seat question so going away from purely the covid conversation what would you say is a fair equivalent? This is a this is kind of a question towards Lance. When you're talking about so Lance being historically a very high volume outdoor rider, what do you consider energy and mental, uh, physical and mental energy expenditure equivalent indoor versus outdoor? And yes, that does depend on the type of outdoor riding you're doing, but let's keep it road cycling for both. With all all with today's technology, including things like Swift. Do you think that there's, you know, if you have a 15-hour week outside, that's equivalent to maybe 10 to 12 hours indoor on the trainer? Or do you think, depending on the type of riding you're doing, it can be pretty pretty equal? You know, me, me personally, um, I find it um, very difficult to get the same kind of uh, experience on a trainer or on Zwift, I should say, specifically than riding outside. Um, I do a lot more work. I do a lot more rest. I do a lot more miles, usually riding outside, which is why I've shied away from riding indoors. But right now, you do what you can do. I'm also a big uh, trainer road aficionado. I've been doing those uh, trainer road workouts for a while, and I think that has also made a big difference in my fitness leading up to this year. And so... I, I think that definitely has its place, having some structured training or structured um, indoor workouts. I don't. I think just jumping on the trainer and getting on Zwift, it's really difficult to replicate what you can do outside. But that's me personally, you know. There's, mm-hmm. there's, there, there's very little that you can uh, virtually prepare yourself for to like throw yourself into the corner of a crit not knowing if you're going to come out of that corner on two wheels or on your back you can't you can't replicate that on zwift the only way you can 
practice that is to get out on your bike and throw yourself into a corner and see how you come out on the other side. So I guess that's my thought. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Fair point. Fair point. So again, to sorry, I was doing something else when you were asking your question. <laughs> I should be plugged into this pretty much. A lot better than actually. So, it, are you asking if it's more difficult indoor or outdoor? Or, or what do you What do you think is like the equivalence? Like, yeah, yeah, equivalence between the two. So, so if you were to put together like your twenty hour training week outdoors, uh-huh. climbing with twenty thousand feet of elevation gain, what do you think volume and intensity wise you would have to do indoors to basically be that equivalent? And Lance is making good points that obviously indoors you cannot even get close to replicating certain things that that yeah, outdoors. All the bike handling yeah. stuff, of course, you can't yeah. replicate that indoors. So like, mm-hmm. th- there's no equivalency there at all. I mean, there's yeah. a zero exchange. So yeah. um, core the, activation too is completely different. Yeah, but yeah, just holding a position is one thing, but mm-hmm. I think it's far more difficult to to do it indoors. I mean, mm-hmm. you're not getting the the stimulus, you're not getting the the input, you're not getting. Um, a lot of things indoors, but in, in indoors, you're not getting a rest either. I mean, mm-hmm. sitting there and riding for two hours indoors is way more difficult than riding for two hours outdoors. Yeah. I can go for a two-hour ride with anybody here and, and come home and be great, you mm-hmm. know, and it can be even a hard ride. If we go and do that two hours that I rode with you guys and, and then some on Saturday, I, that was that was taxing. I mean, mm-hmm. you saw the picture of sweat that I was underneath <laughs> my bike when that was done. Yes. I mean, I worked my butt off there. Um and I, it was, it was a tough workout. And I think yeah. that, I think there's a value to that though. I think that mm-hmm. once you get acclimated to that and then you go right outside, I think that you're a different animal on the bike. I mean, yeah. it, it, it's a, if you can find a mixture of the both, you know, to get the things that Lance was talking about, plus the mm-hmm. fitness gains that you get from riding on the trainer, I think that that's your, the best <coughs> of both worlds, but yeah. the exchange rate, I don't know exactly what the exchange rate is. Um, yeah. you know, I'm saying, I'm thinking that, you know, two hours on a trainer is probably like riding two and half two hours 45 minutes outdoors i mean that that's the exchange rate yeah yeah probably between like freewheeling and yeah all that yeah you know, stop signs mm-hmm. and lights and just mm-hmm. being able to kind of come off a little bit but you're still keeping your momentum yeah it's just not the same yep how what about you, you matt yeah i'll venture a guess and say that that kind of two-thirds basically kind of um is a good estimate so if you were to bike indoors for two hours it might be equivalent to a three three hour outdoor ride uh, again, just because of um, a lot of the coasting I think you do uh, mm-hmm. that you don't do indoors. Uh, again, I think you can definitely do more structured workouts and potentially push that number down to even um, less than two thirds. could be even like closer to half uh, if you're doing kind of workouts versus some of the outdoor cruising around that you know people might do. Um, but these are just us BSing around and taking guesses at stuff. I think mm-hmm. when you're talking about aerobic capacity and things like that, a lot of that's just straight up time. So maybe that should be counted as equal. So I don't necessarily think that if I were coaching someone that I would live by some strict rule of, of two thirds or anything like that, I would just say um, potentially I might value it, maybe even use other metrics like TSS or something like that to kind of value the workout as opposed to um, you know time and saddle and trying to calculate two thirds of that and say, okay, well, uh, you know, when I'm trying to calculate volume or something like that, um, yeah. I think that would be difficult from a coaching perspective. So, yeah. And that's, and that's a good point, Matt, is looking at it from a coaching perspective is, you know, I mean, Lance, Lance makes a very good point. There's, there's a couple things that I realize that are very, very hard to simulate indoors. And one of them is, um, high power 
uh, bike handling. So, you know, if you're climbing, like, like for example, if Matt's doing Lacamas Lane over and over again, it's very hard indoors to actually put out that kind of power and simulate how you have to control the bike during that, which is about that, you know, which is like how to ride a bike fast. It's about making the bike responsive when you're putting that level of power through it, which is something you can only simulate outside. But one thing I think that's difficult to simulate outside is, you know, I have a very Ironman specific, um, workout grouping that, that, that I do. And one of them is basically just ramps up and down for four or five hours. And that would be very, very hard to simulate outdoors because I'm going to be stopping. I'm going to be coasting. There's going to be wind. There's going to be degradient changes. And I have the ability to make myself incredibly bored. So <laughs> if, if, if you're capable of sitting in a saddle for five hours and putting out, you know, between a wattage range over and over and over again, I do think there's massive, massive gains to, to, to get from that. Um, do I suggest that for everybody? No, because it's really, really boring. But I think if you combine the benefits of both outdoor and indoor riding, you know, you can you 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 can create a great a great variability aerobic system to grab from, especially when when you're talking about um, Lance. I know you and I have talked about this is uh, when I got into gravel riding, I realized a lot of that is great bike handling, but also just great power output, low cadence power output. That's really hard to simulate indoors. Yeah, that's true. I, I also if I'm doing a focused workout, like a specific set of intervals, just, you know, I'm thinking about trainer road workouts. Yeah. They're much more effective on the trainer than they are outside. Because when you're outside, you're dealing with corners and stop signs and hills and thing. It's, it's difficult to find really good stretches of road to do consistent intervals. If you're trying to do specific times, specific, uh, you know, power you know goals trying to hit you know it i find that specific structured workouts are much more effective on the trainer than they are outside but then again it's just not any fun to stare at your computer screen <laughs> lance lance getting fast is not fun i don't know who told you that getting fast is fun but you're this absolutely is right <laughs> This is talk, talk to every pro cyclist. Do, do they look like they're having fun? <laughs> no, you don't do trainer war road workouts because you just want to have fun. It no. is specifically <laughs> to get faster. That is, that is true. Yeah. But yeah, I think it's, it's, you know, yin and yang there's, there's benefits and, and negatives to both. Definitely. Cool. We done with that one. Yep. Awesome. My question. And then, uh, we'll be done with this. So, we just did a, a big team order with Jiro. Jiro is going to be our new helmet supplier for the team. And I had a bunch of people asking me this question. Jake, should I replace my helmet? Do I need a new helmet? When? How often should you replace your helmet? So my question to you guys is, how often do you personally uh, replace your helmet? And um, what is your recommendation and, and what do you abide by? Oh, boy. Go for Tough it, Evan. question. <laughs> um... I have replaced my helmet after bad crashes. <laughs> so however often that happens, probably every like two to three years, I would say at this point. That's about how that's your, your approximate cadence for. That's swat. like about when I hit a bad accident. Usually that, okay. that, that seems to be the clip I hit at. Yeah. Do you ever replace your helmet before you have a bad accident? Let's no, hope. I, I don't think so. No. Um, so you, you wear it and you ride it until it's 
until and, I have a bad accident because it's just about every two, three years. Yeah, because I'm thinking of each helmet change I've had. Um, aero helmets are different. Ra race helmets, if there's a really cool race helmet that comes out, I will definitely look into buying gotcha. that. So I've changed aero helmets almost every year and a half, two years now. Gotcha. Um, road helmets? No, I think I've had the same one now for since I moved out here, so three years. Gotcha. Yeah. How about you, Matt? Uh, I'm going to say something embarrassing, and that is uh, I have the same answer as which is not good. Uh, <laughs> I, I basically was changing, I was getting a new helmet about once per year. And that slowed down to about once every two years. Uh, now I only retire a helmet if it looks like it's got any sort of wear and tear on it. So uh, public service announcement for anyone that's listening to this podcast right now should be um, go ahead and take a look at your helmet. Bef I, I would love for you guys to look at your helmet before every ride. Look for any cracks. Uh, look for in the inside you know, and the outside. Uh, and just look for anything that looks off or dented or anything like that. And if it is messed up, you know, put it aside and, and order a new helmet. Uh, we should all be doing that. Um, but my, I actually have a couple of helmets in there. And, good condition and so i haven't felt the need to replace them uh, as frequently uh, so it, maybe it's something that i should do uh, but right now it's really all the way out to once every two years or so gotcha how about you lance um it, I've, I've had some time to google some things while you guys were uh, all talking so <laughs> oh that's <laughs> cheating <laughs> yeah, it's cheating i was doing the same thing yeah <laughs> The, uh, the recommendations is usually to replace your helmet every three to five years yep. unless you, you've had uh, uh, an accident. So here in my, my latest accident, when I hit the road at 42 miles an hour, I didn't really feel like I hit my head during that uh, crash. Um, but on closer inspection of my helmet, there was definitely an impact. And so obviously that helmet got the, I cut the straps off it and, uh, hung it up as a, uh, a trophy reminder not to hit rocks, uh, going 42 miles an hour anymore. Yeah. And, um, you were thinking about it yesterday. You're like, should I? No, <laughs> no, no, I <laughs> no, I shouldn't. But uh, yeah, me personally, I've, I've only replaced helmets when they look like they're beat up too much or when there's a great uh, deal on a new helmet. So yeah. I haven't replaced them very often either. The other thing for people to keep in mind is that um, we might not realize that a kid in your garage might right now while the podcast is going on be kicking your helmet or throwing it against a wall or using it as a bat. You don't know what your kids are doing with your stuff uh, or your wife. Who knows? But, uh, yeah, so it's worth inspecting your helmet on a more regular basis. This is this is why I've decided not to have children at this moment is to protect my helmets, actually. That's the only reason That's is smart. to protect helmets. Yep. Yeah, protect those helmets, man. Uh -huh. Don't have kids. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it's one of those things. That they, they don't have to be that expensive either. And some of the stuff that I have researched and seen over the years, too, is you're not really paying for more protection when you start getting up into these really expensive helmets. You're paying more for like the research and development that goes into making them better ventilated or lighter weight. And that's why some of these helmets get up in that two, three, four hundred dollar range. Like a, a seventy dollar helmet's going to protect your head just as good as a two hundred dollar helmet. So you, you, 
to replace it, it's not that big of a deal. And if you think about what you're actually protecting, my God, we spend so much money on so many other things. Like, why not just you know drop a few bucks on a new helmet every few years, or if you get a dent in it? So, um, but yeah, I, the 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 I don't know the common pacing that I've heard from a lot of people is replace your helmet every other year. You know, get a new helmet every year if you want to be super you know um, you know conservative and 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 make sure that your head is always super protected. But what Lance was saying that three to five years that's what they're recommending. And they've actually done uh, tests on helmets that I think one of the tests was like the helmet was 26 years old and it just hadn't been worn. And oh it's it still, it, it, it passed, it, it passed. But oh, wow. there are a lot of variables and factors that go into why a helmet's going to be, you know, degraded over the course of time. And of course, you know, crashing is going to be your, your number one guilty thing. Mm-hmm. But they're also saying it's how you clean it. You know, if you use um, certain kinds of cleaners or solvents to, you know, get all the muck and the grime and the sweat off of it, that, that can actually degrade the the shell and it can actually sometimes even degrade the foam so um, your your best measure there the best practices would be to use warm water and some sort of a um, just a soap you know mm-hmm. I've always told people like you can wear your helmet into the shower and just use shampoo to clean it out and that will get all the little salt and stuff off of there mm-hmm. um, it will make your helmet smell a heck of a lot better than um, you know letting all that stuff build up over the course of time and just the warm water of a shower and the, the shampoo or the soaps that you're using will do a good job of cleaning it that's a, a good good practice or measure um, and then you know don't obviously use like a hair dryer or don't put it in a dryer or anything like that just let it air dry in a, like a cool place and you're going to be good to go mm-hmm. um, other little things to consider too is you know don't Try not to store your helmet in like the uh, the trunk of your car. Um, that's not necessarily yeah. a good thing because the heat can actually have quite a damaging effect to it. And they say too that if your helmet is starting to show signs of fading, let's say that you go out and you get yourself a nice bright orange helmet or a, uh, a neon, neon green, green helmet or yep. something like that, and then all of a sudden it starts to show like a lot of signs of fading, that's because of the UV rays that are hitting it and that can actually degrade some of the characteristics of the shell and you want to try and you know use that as a litmus test too for when you want to get it um, swapped out you know Mm -hmm. also pay attention to the internal structure of it as well there's the the retaining um, piece that goes around the back of your head with a little wheel on there that kind of snugs up you Mm -hmm. know you got to make sure that that thing's always fitting correctly make sure that you don't accidentally because you know, I've seen it happen before, like, um, you know, detach it or make it come off and your, your helmet all of a sudden doesn't fit the same. Uh, they also say pay attention, close attention to the pads in there. Um, a, it's more comfortable, but B, it, it maintains the proper fit. And if you're, if the fit's off because those things are starting to degrade, then the helmet's not going to be quite as effective. So. so those are some basic things that you can take a look at. It. But, yeah, every three to five years is kind of what the, the rule of thumb is. And mm-hmm. I think myself personally, I've been kind of on that every other year pace and it's like yep. lance said it's because a deal comes along or we get a team deal and you know sometimes we get a really killer deal and it's like all right well i'm just gonna have an extra helmet and i usually will take my my a helmet will be for the road and then my road helmet will get downgraded to my mountain biker gravel helmet because yep. it starts to get a little bit more dirty as long as it's still in good shape and then so on and so forth and yeah yeah that's kind of it's kind of the lifespan of my helmets. I've also heard that is it the I think the neon green color is considered the most visible, isn't it? For the furthest distance, closely followed by I think it was orange, and then I forget the third Probably, color yeah. was right after. I think which is the only reason I've gotten neon green shoes and neon green helmet now. Yeah. So, anything else that you guys want to lend to us um, with respect to helmets? Well, my only recommendation would be if if you have a helmet that you're retiring. And because it's damaged, if you're if you're not throwing it out, you 
to make sure you cut the straps off it so that you don't inadvertently put on a helmet that you've forgotten you've crashed in or something like that. True that. That's a good That's idea. That's a good point. <laughs> what about MIPS? Are you guys using helmets with the MIPS system in it? And MIPS uh, is an acronym for Multidirectional Impact Protection System. I am not. No. I think I have one helmet that is. Gotcha. How about you, Lance? I do not have any helmets that are MIPS, but I have three on the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I uh, ordered two of them as well. So, yeah, we got some Giro yeah. helmets coming up with the MIPS system in it, which, you know, basically just helps protect your, your noggin uh, from some of those rotational forces. And they've done a bunch of research and study based on how cyclists generally fall in the way that they hit their head, and they've come up with this system to, to better protect our heads. So, might be worth looking into. That is going to be one of those situations, though, where you're looking at something that's going to probably cost a little bit more money because of the research and the development yep. that went into that. So, um, and it's probably just another way for them to make a few bucks off of you. But at the end of the day, if it's going to protect your dome, then I think it's worth it. But is it? Have you guys seen that there isn't? Isn't there a new um, like helmet technology? And I think it's like uh, I think Trek or Von Traeger makes it, and it's like this kind of honeycomb pattern. Yeah, seen that. Um, that one's supposed to reduce concussions by like 40% if used or something like that. I, I don't own that helmet, but I was interested in it when they first announced it. Yeah, you need those helmets because of their stems, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know that Trek is a trustworthy uh, company. You know, they're going to stand behind their product. Wave cell technology. Gotcha. Yeah. Matt, you can 40, stand behind their product. It's 48 times more effective. You can stand behind their product as long as you're not grabbing onto the handlebars of their product. And then that is when you need yeah. to be careful. But as long as you're just standing behind it, you're fine. Don't put any weight on, on the product. Yeah. yeah, just don't touch yeah. the product. Don't worry about the stem. Just wear a helmet and you'll be fine. There you go. Yep. Just don't touch That's the right. helmet while it's on your head. That's where I messed up. That's where I messed up. <laughs> you should have yeah. bought the helmet. 40, 40, they're saying 48 times more effective than traditional foam helmets in protecting your heads from injuries caused by certain cycling accidents. So Sweet. Cool. All right. Well, that's Helmet Talk. Anything else? Helmet Talk. Helmet Talk with a dial podcast. <laughs> that's good. All right. Let's jump into one last thing. Evan, start us off. Um, oh, God. One last thing. I'm extending an invite to the three people also listening to this. One person currently here with me to race with me on Fridays, virtually. Lance, that's specifically going to you. That invite's going directly no. into your message no. box. Yes. Yes, Lance. <laughs> I'm going to just text you nonstop between now and Friday random invites to this. Let's say a listener wanted to race with you, though. How could they do that? So if somebody wanted to race, they could. you have to have a Zwift account, which at this point, I just assume if you own a bike, you're probably looking into getting a Zwift account now. And so what, what you can do is you go onto the, your Zwift companion app um, and you can, there's, there's a little events tab there and you just go and click on the events tab uh-huh. and it'll show you, I think for like the next two days, roughly two, three days, it shows you okay. which races and which group rides are available. Um, it's like one every like five to 10 minutes. So there's a lot to choose from. So if you want to race with a friend, make sure you guys know specifically what race you're doing and specifically which category you're signing up for. There's like a b c and d races i think and uh those those grades uh correspond with your watts per kilo which you get from your ftp and you sign up for a race with your buddies and you race them and then if you beat them you're a better human being than them and that's how it works i'm pretty sure so lance (laughs) lance let's race friday I don't want to embarrass you, Evan. I know, I know, and and I think you would it, on a, on a crit course. I think you would because I'm pretty sure it calculates your cornering ability. So, <laughs> awesome, Matt. What's uh, what's your one last thing today? 
Uh, I posted that April Fool's video. So if our listeners have not listened to that or watched that video, um, pretend like it's April 1st and click on that video. Uh, It's all about the Casio watch and if it's the best triathlon watch on the market or on the market in 1983. That was April. I just ordered that watch, Matt. That was an April Fool's video. (laughs) Are you kidding me? Uh, I should serve you well. You you really convinced me that that is the best option by far. There is no better option. How did you find it? Oh, you know, I just I thought it, I'd ordered. I thought I'd ordered the entire, you know, full they, stock load of available watches. There was there was a 92 year old man selling his used one, former marathon runner. Yep. I think he raced with him in college. Oh, Gerald, you talking about Gerald? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Gerald, Gerald sold me his. He's the last one on the market. That's fun. Yeah, that was so a great. I think I'll I'll try and post a couple more videos this week, um, potentially one about a goggle company and then another. Gosh, I don't remember what else is on my list of, of videos to make. Oh, I'm going to do that, uh, review the photos for people that have posted um, the quarantine, uh, exercising in quarantine hashtag. If you guys still want to post some photos, uh, definitely do so with the hashtag exercising during quarantine, and you will be eligible to win something huge. What if I want to post <laughs> just a picture of my bike and I don't want a picture of actually me? Does that count or no? Post, post whatever you want. All right. Cool. could make it in. You could win a sticker. Sweet. So. <laughs> <laughs> hey, go back to your video, Matt. That was a great video. Um, you're doing good, good work out there. But I wanted to give Matt a little shout-out for a shout-out that he got from DC Rainmaker. That was freaking awesome. Yes, Rainmaker from the famous DC Rainmaker website. Uh, posted the video on his website, which I thought was cool. Yep. And posted a, a just tweet. Or, you know, he busted out a tweet and threw that out there. Um, which was cool, and I'm sure he sent some traffic there, uh, and hopefully people, you know, found it entertaining. So cool, good job, buddy. <laughs> I absolutely did. I think it's awesome, and now we have somebody world famous on this podcast. Finally, <laughs> <laughs> not as famous as the other Matt Legrand, but one of the top yeah. Matt Legrands on ballpark getting there though. <laughs> I'm, in, I'm in the top. I'm I'm in the top three of Matt Legrands on YouTube. On YouTube, yeah. <laughs> Lance, one last thing. Um, my one last thing is just to make sure that you are all, uh, being careful and taking care of yourself and taking care of those loved ones around you and keeping safe and honoring these, uh, stay at home and stay in place, um, verdicts that we have from our government leaders and just take care of yourselves. People be safe. Gotcha. Good one. Yeah. My one last thing, um, again, is we're down here and we're, we're in the studio. We're in the lab, if you will. I think that's mm-hmm. what we're going to call this place. It's just the lab, just right? Just the lab. The I lab. like, I like it. It's gotten shorter and shorter. I just like keeping it. So just lab lab, yeah, in the lab. covers a couple yeah. of different things here. Yeah. Um, I'm not really working. I'm, I'm in here working on the lab, but I'm not really working with, uh, the general population of people. Um, I, it's just kind of one of those things where I don't think that it's appropriate and I don't think that I'm an essential person to be doing what I'm doing. But, um, if people do need stuff though, I'm still getting quite a bit of, um, interaction going on through the website. So if you ever need anything, you know, cycling related for all of your indoor training or, uh, that one ride a week that you do outside when you're socially distanced, um, you can always reach out and ping me on the, uh, dialedcycling.com website and I'll be happy to help you out there but I'm going to be posting some pictures up because I've been getting uh, more and more stuff done down here and it's starting to actually look like a pretty cool little lab space so I'll kind of share that with everybody as well maybe oh a yeah little, I'd like a to see video. it 
Yeah, it's uh, mm-hmm. it's coming around. It's looking pretty sweet, and I can't wait for all this stuff to be over because I miss having my friends all sitting around this table. So seriously, yeah. no kidding. You know, <laughs> it's been a while, but and then uh, one last thing from the show. Again, just wanted to say thank you to our patrons, and if anyone is interested in help support the show, um, it's just a couple bucks and that. It's not really all that much, but it really goes a long way with us and helps us do good things. And um, if you want to be one of our patrons, uh, check out the website. Uh, not the website, but the Facebook page, and we'll have it posted up there again. Um, should be fun. So I think that's about it for this week, you guys. Stay safe, huh? Mm-hmm. Another week in paradise yes. quarantine over here. <laughs> yes. All right. You guys have a good week. We'll see you next time. Bye for now. Bye.